In this presentation, we will consider the condition of must-have earned income with relation to the earned income credit. This information from publication 596. We're looking at those seven rules that need to apply in order to see if we qualify for the earned income credit. This is part of the qualifications and we're considering now the rule number seven, must have earned income. Seems pretty straightforward. We have to have earned income. It's called the earned income credit. However, it's not straightforward because we have to then define what is earned income and what isn't earned income because you'll note now that there's this gonna there's gonna be this idea where the, the credit actually goes up as we have more earned income and then tapers off and then goes down as our earned income or income increases past that point. So in essence, like something like that. So obviously the incentive for someone trying to max is to maximize the credit to be up here. Which means that you know, if we have earned income down here, then we're we're actually trying to report more income, which is unusual for taxes. Usually you're trying to go to the tax person saying, Hey, I don't have any money don't you know don't take my money i don't have any you don't typically go to the tax person saying hey look i have more income right which is you know just in kind of theory you know you don't typically look for more income that you could report on your taxes that's kind of weird but with the earned income credit you kind of do up to this point if if you're lo you're looking actually to maximize up here and then past that point then you then you're doing what traditional is done what traditionally is done with taxes you're trying to find things that you don't have you don't want to report the taxes at that point. So, so now that you have, so now if you have this condition, you've got this, well, you know, what are those things that are counting as, in terms of earned income and which are not? And are, are there any types of things that are flexible that we could use to, you know, to increase the earned income if we want it to, to increase the earned income, to increase the earned income, to earn income tax when necessary? Or are there any of those things that we can actually remove with regard to the earned income tax it's legal to do so so now the incentives are kind of uh, a little unusual with regard to the earned income and we have to define what earned income is then back to the text this credit is called the earned income credit because to qualify you must work and have earned income if you are married and file a joint return you meet this rule if at least one spouse works and has earned income if you are an employee Earned income includes all the taxable income you get from your employer. So that's going to be the most standard, of course, definition. I mean, if we work somewhere and we're, we're working within the U.S. and everything is straightforward, we got a W-2 income. For example, this is our 20,000 W-2 income. Then that's basically straightforward. We would say, okay, then we have the 20,000 of W-2 income, and that would be typically earned income. And if we scroll down, we, we're not can't count, concentrated on the amount of the credit, but we would typically think, yeah, that would qualify for some type of credit down here or that would be something that would would count towards the qualifications for the credit if however the income is zero then obviously we have no earned income because we have no income at all right we have no income at all and therefore it's not worth filing even if we don't have to because there's not going to be any earned income credit and again you might think that's unusual because the earned income credit is supposed to help people basically that have lower income but it's trying to also incentivize people to have some earned income but then you might think, well, what if I had earned income, you know, somewhere else? Or what if I had income somewhere else? The question is, is it earned or not? For example, if we had income, we had to report income, typically that's dividend income, but it doesn't qualify as earned income. So even though it's less than the 3,500 investment limit, it doesn't help us out with regard to the earned income credit because it's not earned income. It's not, it's not qualifying as earned. If I had that same 3,000 and it was W-2 income, See, now we just moved it up here to the typical W-2 line one instead of dividends, and that would typically qualify for earned income. 
So, you know, even if I had that 3,000, so now the earned income is 1,029. If I had that W-2 income and the dividend income of 3,000, well, now the total income is 6,000, 3,000 of W-2 and, and 3,000 of the, of the dividends, but it didn't have an impact on the, the earned income credit because that other 3,000 isn't part of the, the W-2. It's not earned income. Now, if it was, what if I had 6,000 in here in earned income and no dividend, no ordinary dividend? So now we got 6,000 in the earned income and you can see the software actually increases. So that actually the, the amount of the credit is increasing with the earned income. So given that fact, we'll talk about tables and how, what maximizes out the credit and what's not. We're not concentrating on that now. It's, it's going to be a variation of multiple things, including the dependence and the filing status and whatnot. But just note that it, it, tends, it actually tends to increase as the, the earned income goes up. So we need to determine what's earned and what's not earned. And is there any kind of, of wiggle room in any area where we might have something that we could report or, or not report it? so that we could legally maximize the earned income credit. Back to the text. Rule 15 has information that will help you figure the amount of your earned income. If you are self-employed or a, a statutory employee, you will figure your earned income on EIC Worksheet B in Form 1040 Instructions. So if we're self-employed, basically have our own business, we have to schedule seed income, then that could complicate things in terms of our earned income as well. Earned income, back to the text, earned income includes all the following types of income. So these are the things that specifically within this publication are part of earned income. So part of earned income, one, wages, salaries, tips, and other taxable employee pay. So obviously all the normal stuff you would think. If you get a W-2 income, if you're working as an employee, then obviously you would think that that would be reported on your W-2 and therefore it would also be part of the earned income. Employee pay is earned income only if it is taxable. So it's only we're looking at the taxable portion of, of the amount, the earned income. So things that are not taxable, like uh, benefits, of, may not be included in the earned income. So non-taxable employee pay, such as certain uh, dependent care benefits and adoption benefits, isn't earned income. So dependent care or adoption benefits, not earned income. But there is an exception for uh, non-taxable combat pay. So the non-tax, so they're going to give that special exemption here for the combat pay. So that's one area where we could have some le some wiggle room in terms of what we do with the with the compact pay. So which you can choose to include and earn income. So notice this key term choose. Well, that means that implies that we could put it in there or not. And remember how that bell curve kind of how or not bell curve specific, but how the curve kind of goes up and drops off. We may in terms of the earned income credit want to or not want to include it so as explained later in the chapter number two back to the text net earnings from self-employment so that's going to be another item that will be included as a uh, part of the income that's earned income so let's take a look at an example of that often that is something reported on a schedule c so if we had a small business here and we had like a schedule c and so this is a net profit from the business we usually have, this was easy, a, a Schedule C easy if it was a very basic Schedule C. But in any case, if we had our own business, we typically would have a Schedule C. Then we have the net income from the Schedule C that would then pull over to the 1040. The 1040 would be here. It's on line six. We've got the 10,000. If we go to Schedule 1, we'd also report the business income on line 12. And then we'd go back to the 1040 and say, all right, so there's our income. And that's going to be counting for the income that's going to be self-employed and therefore 
Uh, again, we're not getting into the amount of the credit right now, the calculation, but just note that the software showing a calculation for the credit based on simply the earned income from the business, not from W-2 income. Back to the text. Gross income received as a uh, statutory employee, wages, salaries, tips, wages, salary, and tips you receive for working are reported to you on form w-2 so this would be the most straightforward way of course the w-2 income we'd get the w-2 that would be part of uh earned income typically you should report these on form 1040 line one so that's what we did last time the typical type of reporting that we would have reporting the income from the w-2 in line one wages salaries tips etc back to the text non-taxable combat pay election so this is kind of the, uh, an unusual circumstance, but one that if it's applicable, you want to be aware of. You can elect to include your non-taxable combat pay. Notice it's not taxable as combat pay, so, but you can elect to include it, uh, combat pay pay in earned income for the earned income credit. So we could elect to include it, which could increase the credit. So the amount of your non-taxable combat pay should be shown on form W-2 in box 12 so when you get your w-2 if you got box 12 if, if it indicates a q then you you might have some leeway to basically increase or decrease and you want to be very aware of that because it could uh, have a significant impact on your tax return with regard to the earned income credit electing to include non-taxable combat pay uh, uh, in earned income may increase or decrease your earned income credit Let's take a look at an example of this. If we got our form 1040 and we've got our head of household individual here, and then we have our standard, our one child, qualified child, we're going to say, let's say there's 5,000 of wages. So we have 5,000 of wages that were on the W-2, but then we also had some compat pay, which we're going to say is, is 3,000. So we'll include that in a bit. So here's 5,000. The combat pay is not included right now because it's not taxable typically. And so we don't have it here. And then we're going to say that the standard deduction is here. That no tax is paid, but we still have this credit of 1,709. Now, in this case, we might say, hmm, well, it, you know, we're not paying any tax liability. I'd actually like to increase this number because if this number going up would actually increase my refund because I, I'm not paying any taxes and I'm still getting a refund back partially mainly because of the earned income credit if i can increase if i have three thousand of combat pay i would actually want to increase this possibly so if i go if we go back over and say uh well let's take the three thousand of combat pay that we have reported here and include it so i'm going to say elect to include three thousand of combat pay over and above the five thousand that's not included and go back to our return you'll note what what ha it doesn't increase the amount reported here for the W-2, it doesn't increase the tax liability at all, uh, the amount of tax liability that's calculated, but it increased this earned income credit in the software. And now we have the NCP of the 3,000 for uh, the combat pay. So that of course can be significant. Now let's adjust this and say, you might say, well, why wouldn't I include it all the time then? Well, if we adjust this and we say, okay, here's the same return, but now we're gonna say that the 30,000 was earned without the 3,000 combat pay. And then if we, if we scroll down, now we have some tax liability, but it gets wiped out by the child tax credit to zero. And we still have this earned income credit 1645 in this case. Now, now we're not including the combat pay here. What if we go back and so remember that's 1645 and we say, 
All right, now I want you to include the combat pay. So if we go back to our item and say we have 3,000 of combat pay and we want to elect to include the non-taxable combat pay and then go back up. Notice it, it's not changing this number for the tax. It's not changing the liability, but it actually decreased this uh, 1166. So we wouldn't want to do it in that case. We would want to not do it because the combat pay would be decreasing here. So this is one area where we could have some leeway uh, between the returns as we go back and forth between the returns. You want to be aware of that. So let's go back to our text. Net earnings from self-employment. You may have net earnings from self-employment if you own your own business or you are a minister or member of the religious orders. We took a look about at that in the prior example with the Schedule C, Schedule C income. Minister's housing. The rental value of a home or housing allowance provided to a minister as part of the minister's pay generally isn't subject to income tax, but is included in net earnings from self-employment. For that reason, it is included in, in earned income for the earned income credit. So again, if you're in that special kind of condition where you have the minister's housing, then you want to look at those special tax rules there. Statutory employee. You are a statutory employee if you receive a Form W-2 on which the statutory employee box 13 is checked. So if you look at your W-2 and you see box 13 checked, then you want to uh, look into that, research that. You report your income and expenses on a statutory employee on Schedule C. So that, once again, would be on basically the Schedule C uh, income, which is typically where you report business income. Strike benefits. Uh, strike benefits paid by a union to its members are earned income. So if you're if basically, if, if you're on strike, if you were on strike during the year at some point and the union paid, then they're also saying that's earned income, even though obviously you're not going to work, you're on strike. They're saying that that is going to be included in earned income. And again, there's no leeway. They're not saying that it, like it could with a combat pay be included or not. They're basically saying that should be included in income. Approved form 4361 and form 4029. This section is for persons who have an approved Form 4361 application for uh, exception from self-employment tax for use by ministers, members of religious orders, and uh, Christian science practitioners. Again, if you're in that kind of special area, then you're probably aware that you got some kind of unusual or different tax uh, regulations you want to look into. Form 4029, application for exemption from Social Security and Medicare taxes and waiver of benefits. Each approved form exempts certain income from Social Security taxes. Each form is discussed here in terms of what is or isn't earned income for earned income credit. So again, these are very kind of special conditions. Form 4361, whether or not you have an approved Form 4361 amount, uh, amounts you receive for performing ministerial duties as an employee count as earned income. This includes wages, salaries, tips, and other taxable employee compensation. If you have an approved Form 4361, a non-taxable housing allowance or non-taxable rental value of a home isn't earned income. So again, the home for like the minister for the housing of the home, they're saying that is not earned income. Also amounts also, amounts you receive for performing ministerial duties, but not as an employee, don't count as earned income. Examples include fees for performing marriages, 
Form 4029, whether or not you have approved Form 4029, all wages, salaries, tips, and other taxable employee compensation count as earned income. However, amounts you received as a self-employed individual don't count as earned income. Also, in figuring earned income, don't subtract losses on Schedule C, CEZ, or uh, F from wages on Line 1 of Form 1040. Then we have disability benefits. So back to the text. If you uh, retired on disability, tax taxable benefits you received under your employer's disability retirement plan are considered earned income until you reach minimum retirement age. So if you if you have disability, you want to basically make sure you're you're taking a look at this with regard to the earned income. Minimum retirement age generally is the earliest age at which you could have received a pension or annuity if you weren't disabled. You must report your taxable disability payments on line one of form 1040 until you reach the minimum retirement age. Uh, beginning on the day after you reach minimum retirement age, payments you received are taxable as a pension and aren't considered earned income. Report taxable pension payments on form 1040 lines 4A and 4B. Again, whether it's taxable income or not can be beneficial or not, depending on where we stand with regard to any other income at that time. Disability insurance payments. Payments you received from a disability insurance policy that you paid for premiums uh, for aren't earned income. It doesn't matter whether you have reached minimum retirement age. If this policy is through your employer, the amount may be shown in box 12 of form W-2 with code J. Income that is not earned income. Examples of items that aren't earned income include interest and dividend, pensions, and annuities, social security. So these are items that specifically we'll see on the tax return. And we saw some examples of them before. So if you if you go back up here in the in the earnings area, specifically the investment income, the interest and ordinary dividends are going to be items that are showing up here that aren't part of earned income. So if it says specifically in the code and in, in our publication that it's not earned income, then of course it wouldn't be earned incomes, and that includes dividends, pensions, annuities interest and social security and railroad retirement benefits uh, including disability benefits alimony and child support so alimony and child support aren't included uh, as earned income welfare benefits workers compensation benefits unemployment compensation uh, insurance non-taxable foster care payments and veterans benefits including VA rehabilitation payments don't include any of these items in your earned income. So again, if you have all any of those kind of items that you're uh, you, you're questioning whether you should include them or not, hopefully as you enter them into the software, if you have tax software, it'll help you to kind of figure that out for you. But you want to go over here and see directly whether or not they should be included if you have questions with them as you fill out the earned income credit. Earning well an inmate. Amounts received for work performed while an inmate in a penal institution aren't earned income when figuring the earned income credit. So again, they don't want to give any benefits to people that are in prison or, or in violation of laws and whatnot. However, the fact that it's not included in earned income could be a benefit or not, depending on <laughs> how high the earned income is prior to that. So continuing on with the text, this includes amounts for work performed while in a work release program or while in a halfway house. Uh, workfare payments. Non-taxable workfare payments aren't earned income for the earned income credit. These are cash payments certain people received from a state or local agency 
that administers public assistance program funded under the Federal Temporary Assistance for Needy Families program in return for certain work activities such as one work experience activities including remodeling or repairing public housing if sufficient private sector employment isn't available or two community service programs so that would be a specific condition for the workfare payments and again whether it's included or not could be a benefit or not depending on our circumstances community property if you are married but qualified to file as head of household of as head of household under special rules for married taxpayers living apart so again we got that kind of special condition of you know you're married typically you can only file married or married filing joint but what if you have kind of a special condition you're filing in more of a single status a head of household type status and live in a state which has community property laws your in earned income uh, eic doesn't include any amount earned by your spouse that is treated as belonging to you under those laws that amount isn't earned income for the earned income credit even though you must include it in gross income on your income tax return so that's quite an unusual circumstance here right so we're married we're filing as not married and then we could have this condition uh, where it'd be reported for income but not earned income so if that's a condition that you're into you want to make sure you're researching here on that looking into that further is it proper to, to file as head of household and if so how do you deal with the <laughs> with the income distribution your earned income includes the entire amount you earned even if part of it is treated as belonging to your spouse under your state's community property laws so then we got some specific states nevada washington and california domestic partners if you so now we're specific to nevada washington california if you are a registered domestic partner in Nevada, Washington, or California, the same rules apply. Your earned income for the earned income credit doesn't include any amount earned by your partner. Your earned income includes the entire amount you earned. For details, see the publication 555 if that applies to you. Uh, Conservation Reserve Program, the CRP payments. If you were receiving a Social Security retirement benefit or Social Security disability benefits at the time you received any CRP payments or CRP payment aren't earned income for the earned income credit. So again, if that's a specific requirement for you, there you go. Non-taxable military pay. Non-taxable pay for members of the armed forces isn't considered earned income for the earned income credit. Examples of non-taxable military pay are combat pay, the basic allowance for housing and the basic allowance for sub, uh, subsistence. See publication three, Armed Forces Tax Guide for more information. So publication three in the irs.gov for that. Combat pay, if you can elect to include your non-taxable combat pay in earned income for earned income credit. So note, that's that one that's really kind of flexible. So if that's something that applies to you, you're going to have to do some testing <laughs> to see how to maximize your, your pay there. And it's, it could be worth doing in some cases for sure. See non-taxable combat pay in chapter four.